Hi everyone, um, welcome to the EST 1988 podcast. Um, I'm your host, um, Elliot. And today, what we initially had planned to was something completely different, but um, that good, good old Bishop Ben um, prompted me in saying that we should talk about something more current that's going on, um, that's impacting obviously every black person's life across the world. And I have three great guests with me. I have um, Ben on here. Can you say hi, Ben? Hey, guys. You're doing? Good, good, good. And I have our good old um, CJ. Briafa Warrior. Hello, how's everyone doing? Good man, good man, good man. And we have our very own Chef Tolu, the cook. How's it going? Hey, man. How's everyone? Good, man. Good, man. Good, man. So, like, obviously, we're just going hit to the, hit the ground running. Um, in light of what's going on in America, could I just ask um, if Ben could just summarize, just in case people are unaware, of the issue that's going on in America currently? Right, so quick summary. Um, once again, a black person has been murdered in broad daylight this time around by a police officer in the United States. Mm. Um, seems to be something that's been happening um, in recent years more frequently, but this was a bit, um, I guess... He's having a lot of attention at the moment because he was brought daylight, it was recorded, and it took him um, almost eight to ten minutes. And I think that's why we're seeing the uproar we're seeing at the moment. Mm. Thank you, thank you. Did did anyone see did anyone see the video? Any chance? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did. So to, to to be precise, a white police police officer knelt on a black man's neck. For eight seconds and forty-six, eight eight minutes and forty-six seconds, even after he passed out, so blocking his air passages and he, uh, he resulted he resulted to death. So that's the precise information there. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I think it's just a bit. Um, it, as as Ben said, it's you know again, we see another black individual, and it's not even like it's a a a thing on black men i think it's it's something that's quite happening to like the black community collectively as well so like how does like if i could just ask um tolu uh, how you know when you saw the video how did that make you feel this one got me out of all the videos that i've watched mm. um reason being is i feel like even the people that have been like shot before Sometimes you can say, okay, maybe if they if they weren't in that um, place or if they weren't driving at that time of night, mm. then maybe they wouldn't have been shot by that police officer. They may, may have been, but mm. they may not have been. But this guy was in broad daylight, and I think it was it, it something to do with a check. And yeah. That, it, there was a dispute over the check, or they believed it was fake, and he had a white police officer kneel on his neck for eight minutes the reason why this got me a bit more than any other thing that i've seen is because that could easily have been me easily because mm. 
the reason as to why that police officer knelt on his neck was because he's black. I'm black. Like, literally, mm. I could have been that person. Mm. So that's why it really hits home, this one. Mm. Well, what, about, what, about you, what about you, CJ? Um, yeah, I think I'll echo what um, Tolu just said. Like, out of everything I've seen, I've, you know, watched videos of racial abuse and stuff, but this one, this one hit home. This one is the one that triggered. Mm. It literally, uh, it got me emotional. Like, I watched it, and I had to watch it again. And personally, I just feel like I couldn't explain what this guy was doing, this police officer was doing. The only thing that came to my mind is this guy's possessed. Like, mm. he's he's either under something, you know, this mm. is there's someone that has something on him that sent him to do Because I couldn't understand. I think one of the problems is the mannerism as well at which he was kneeling on his neck. I think mm. that was the one that got me. Just even when he passed out, mm. he still had his hands in his pocket. And he still knelt on him. That one hit home, literally mm. hit home. Like for the first time, I've never even been involved in protests and stuff like that, actively protesting. Mm. But this time around, I think I got to a point where I was, I was, I felt like doing something about it. You yeah. know, I don't mind protesting. I don't mind being out there now mm. and screaming and just letting our voices heard yeah. because i feel like we owe it to ourselves and to the next generation because the only the only reason we're at this stage of life and we're actually, we actually have some sort of benefit is because mm. people fought for us yeah so if we are to if the next generation are to have any sort of benefit mm. you know any luxury anything we need to do it ourselves we need to yeah. fight for them for them to stand a chance yeah, otherwise they might be subjected to worse if we're not careful mm. so yeah it hit home it hit home honestly mm. yeah. yeah and what, what um just coming to you ben what what when you when you saw that video what was the first thing that kind of hit you in that ben um when I saw the video, I just felt like, why why would somebody want to do this to somebody else, regardless of what crime they committed or what race or what color? Why would you want to do this to somebody? And I just I couldn't just find something in my mind that justifies kneeling down on somebody's neck for that long even when the people in the surrounding kept screaming, you don't have to do that. He's already on the floor. He's handcuffed. He's not responding. Please mm. check on him. And this guy just sat on his neck like he was like a, like a very normal posture, what he was doing. Mm. And that just made me feel like... It just made me feel sad because at the end of the day, we all know why this officer felt this was normal to react in this manner or to do what he did. And I just, I just couldn't stop thinking about the family of, of this person. And 
I, I didn't want to like make it come to me like that because I knew if I thought about my family, if that was my family, it would mm. make me feel even worse. But at, at the end of the day, like Tolu said, that could happen to anybody. Yeah. Yes, yes, it was in the US, but we all know that these are behaviors that we've seen around all over the place, all over the world. So yes, I, I felt really sad and I just couldn't comprehend why any human being would do that to somebody else. Mm. I feel like, yeah, like, again, I echo all the three points, um, you know, you guys have made, I'm sure, like, the black community in itself kind of echoes all that, like, I think when, when I, when I initially saw it, like, you know, something, sometimes you see something on Twitter and you kind of like, you kind of don't pay attention to it because you kind of, you don't feel like it's real kind of thing then I think like when you watch it and you're just hearing people saying that um, you need to check what he's breathing kind of thing. And the officer just looked and I think what hit me more is kind of like his unwillingness to kind of check, you know, the, whether the human that he, that he has under his knee is still breathing. And I think that was the most scary thing for me. And I feel like why this kind of hit home with every, well, I think what, why this kind of hit home to quite a lot of, a lot of us is, I feel like it's it's something that's been coming, um, if that makes sense. Like it's been brewing underneath, and I feel like when obviously that's um, when you see something like that, it kind of just triggers quite a lot of emotions for a lot of people and stuff. But yeah, like um, so, like in in terms of like racism, I was having this discussion with um, a few of my um, colleagues in terms of racism what's the difference between Americans' racism and Europeans' racism? Um, ben? Um, that's that's a good question, actually. So I think m- most of, in recent times, we've, we've, America's been like a f- the main focus because it seems to always be the obvious ones that we see. Mm. So in America, you see a lot of like police officers killing people or being totally aggressive towards black people. Mm-hmm. You see even um, people that fuck vigilantes or people that take it upon themselves mm. to, to, to confront a, a black person, to ask them, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be in this area, which might even then lead to their deaths. We, we remember... Um, I can't, I can't remember the name about Ahmed um, Robbery not yeah, too long ago. Okay. I, I can't remember if that's his, that's his right name. But we also remember Zimmerman's case. It was exactly the same thing. So we see these obvious ones that happen a lot in the US where police brutality, um, people losing their lives, people getting arrested and for all sorts of like minor stuff. Um, so th- that that's like the, the chunky one that people see and the one that causes outrage because we see them now. Mm. Um, in the UK, it's, it's, it's a bit different what you see in the UK. So, I'm, and I'm sure that in the UK we do have some aggressive police officers as well. Um, but I, I believe the one we see in the UK is the more subtle one. It's the more systemic racism. Yeah. It's the one where it's about you not being being able to 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 have the same opportunity as somebody else, or you having to do twice as much as somebody else. Yeah. Um. I, I grew up in Germany and I've always said that 
throughout my stay in Germany, I didn't see that much racism to me personally, but I was aware of other people that went through, you know, this sort of like subtle stuff, you know, these mm-hmm. microaggressions, this. So maybe just to, to give an example, um, I remember my mom applied for a job and it wasn't even like a, like a, like a, like a massive job. It was like a cleaning job in an office. Mm-hmm. And I called up and I spoke to them. Um, she went in then for the so she go, she went go on interview she went in for the interview and the guy that was interviewing uh was kind of like shocked like what are you doing here and mm. she was like i'm here for the interview obviously because she spoke to me and i i, I speak very good german yeah and um, i i don't know if you could tell if i was a black person or not but the fact that when he saw my mom they didn't even bother interviewing and they just saw that the job has been filled those are the kind of things you see that it's not in your face. What what can you do? What proof do you have to say the job hasn't been filled? Yeah, that's so true. So I think so. I think the differences between the UK or the or Europe in general compared to America is whereas America is the big ones, the, the ones that come into your face where somebody calls you or uses racial racial slur to you or like being aggressive. You wouldn't necessarily see that in the UK. So UK is more undercover, or Europe is more undercover. Mm. People will say say things to you, or <laughs> there's there's a funny one actually where I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've experienced where I'm in the midst of white people that once they they drunk or they so this is actually an example I'll give. So I went with my college students to see one of our teachers. So we were, we were finishing our last exam. Yeah. So the teacher invited us to come around to his house. And then after a while, you know, students being students, they've smoked weed and everything. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the true colors start coming out, you know, starts telling you things they thought about you when mm-hmm. you first joined the class, you know. So when things are calmer, they would show you exactly what they think about you. Mm. Those are the kind of ones that you see in the in, in in Europe. I think it's different from the UK. I'm not trying to say it's it's. If I was asked to choose what is actually worse, I don't know if I I'll probably choose the UK one because I would rather want to know how people feel towards me than yeah. assuming assuming oh everything is calm, but then it's it's actually not calm. You know how many times have you been? I mean you've been for like interview or you've been to like all those things you or you you want to buy a house or you want to rent a house and something makes somebody say oh sorry we cannot mm. you know I, I don't want to keep making assumptions but i know of examples or tons of examples where you feel like that but you can't really voice it because yeah. where's the proof right no, I've, I've, so, I've, yeah i fully like i fully agree with that i feel like as you know as you said it's there's the racism in the racism in Europe is kind of like something that you could you could scream about and you could you could know in your inner inner soul that that person's racist but how do you prove that that person's racist in the UK while it's and, and I think that's like and I probably is the worst one because it makes it I think it makes you fit the the initial stereotype that they kind of have of you in that moment of time like Tolu, have you have you experienced racism? I'm sure everyone has, but have you experienced? Um, nothing really on a bad scale. Um, I think the most racism 
like I experience is mainly like for example if if my mum wants to make a complaint or my mum's calling someone up mm. and I'll be hearing the conversation from my mum's end and I already know the person can hear my mum's thick Nigerian accent mm. and I already know their perception of my mum is that oh she's just a dumb African or oh, she just doesn't she don't know what she's talking about mm. and then they'll go back and forth my, I know what my mum's trying to say and yeah. anyone who can understand English will know what my mum's trying to say so mm. and then as soon as I then grab the phone and it's it sounds like a, an English person mm. it's speaking to you, the tone changes and I've not said anything different to what my mum's saying because my mum will always um, before she say makes a phone call my mum will always check with me say oh yeah yeah is this right I'm like yeah this is right but I know for a fact I will be grabbing that phone off her and explaining it to whoever is on the other end of the phone mm. and the thing is like it might be something small but people don't understand how that can really impact you that mm. you know that if you weren't there your mum may have not been able to to get her electric bill sorted out your mum might yeah. have, if, if your mum wanted to move into, like, say, a posh area and she called up the the um, estate agents, they might be like, nah, we don't want this woman here, just because she sounds a certain way. And it's it's things like that where it's like, I, and I believe that is what you're talking about in terms of covert racism. Mm. I think that's, that's a massive thing in both Britain and in um, Europe. And I think yeah. in America, it's just a bigger scale. I think, um, like, because... I work at for Sky, and yeah. my previous role was to speak to you know customers for their broadband, etc. So I would say my name at the start of the call just to be like, you know, polite, mm-hmm. and just so they know who to talk to. Most people, because I say hello, my name's Tolu, you, you, it just goes over your head because especially if you're calling to get something sorted out, you don't really care about the person who's on the other end of the phone. But I tend to, you know help people out and stuff like that and so by the end of the call the person's like oh you were really good you know oh what's, what's your name like my name's Tolu oh what's that where's where, where's that name from and I'm like oh it's Nigerian oh you don't you don't sound Nigerian what do you mean I don't sound Nigerian yeah. like and it's stuff like that where it's like okay it might not like affect me or I mm. might I, I I can still go home at night I'm still you know, I'm still alive, but still, mm. it's like your view of me now. I've just helped you out with an issue, and before I was almighty, I was a person who helped you out. But now it's like the view that you now have of me is slightly tainted because now you know you're talking to a black man, and that that kind of thing that can really play on you. And I think those are the things that people that, like for example, white people or people that have never gone through through things like that need to understand mm. if that makes sense yeah i fully fully understand what, what about mr nottingham our bishop cj yes yes um so the question is about experience racism or is it yeah. uh what it's like in the uk compared mm. to america well i have experienced racism actually my first experience of racism in the uk was uh at high school mm. so it's just Playing football with a bunch of boy, um, you know, friends, so called friends, and 
I think two Italians, um, the other two are whites. So I'm pretty much the only black person in there. And one of the brothers just turns around, one of the Italians turns around and says, I don't know what I did, you know, I probably must have tackled him hard enough and he's gone, oh, you black, you know, I mm. can't. <laughs> and at this point, you know, I'm, just put it this way, I'm still a couple of years into the UK, so I really do not know how the system works as much. Mm. So I was, I, I was shocked by it at first. I looked at him and said, what did you just say? And I don't know, maybe at the time, because I didn't fully understand how the system worked yeah and obviously i'm sort of trying to protect what you know the family had at the time so i didn't really react to it as i would now looking back in hindsight i probably would have seen <laughs> i probably would have seen much more than that so but yeah that was my first experience and it set the tone anyway um not saying that you know i've had loads of experiences of racism in this country but mm. it, I, I echo what everyone has said in terms of like the subtle nature of racism in the uk compared to america america is quite boisterous yeah. so they're quite out there so they will let you know how they feel the uk is more systematic like ben said and mm. the one thing about the uk is they've built a, uh, their system uh on, on this uh, liberal society so it's quite difficult for them to then be boisterous or sort of like tell you, be in your face and tell you and be race, racist about things. Yeah. So they sort of try to hide it and disguise it. So they build it in such a systematic way where you might have top bosses who are making decisions that have in, basically have influence over the rest of the company. Yeah. And they make systematic decisions that will just, you know, <laughs> not allow you to be as successful as someone or have the same opportunity as you know someone of a different color white person basically so that 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 i know and that i've seen as well i've experienced Mm. so it's like i guess if you if you if i had a choice you know which would i choose whether the uk or america Mm. I'll probably choose America because then I know where I stand. Yeah. Uh, I know what companies I can work for. I know how to um, plan my path, how to plan my career, how mm. to plan my journey, how to prepare the next person. But in the UK, you actually don't know. You might be sitting in a row for a good 10 years and you're getting nowhere with it. Mm. Just because someone, some people are making decisions that you're not aware of and you're just stuck there for a while, you know. <laughs> And that, that's that's how it is. Yeah. Um, we, yeah. I feel like I feel like again, I, like I totally agree with what you're saying. Like I would definitely pick America. At least there, there is clarity in the air for you to move a, to move A or B. Just like you don't have to like in the UK, like like you could you could be you could be in a company for. I think what I think what this what this pan what this issue has actually shown me. Um, in regards to the protests, especially in America, is that the people that you think that you've known for for a long time on their stance on um, race, racial issues, I think this issue is kind of highlighted for me personally. Anyway, you know what? You know, I feel like people. I feel like in my circle that I had, 
and my white circle or Asian circles and stuff, what I've realized is there is a lot of neutral and, and there's a lot of people that believe there's two sides to the story, if that makes sense. And I think what this has shown me is that I could be, and these people I've been friends with for like 10 years, and this has kind of like shown me that the, the subtle racism like is actually really, it's really a lot that we're totally not aware of but as you said that you know that people are obviously making these decisions and stuff like in workplace and stuff but the subtle the subtleness in the racism in the uk is actually quite scary because people that you think you know you don't really know and i think that's the um issue i have with it and sorry, just to, go on just, sorry sorry to call you because i mm-hmm. wanted to make a quick point just to add to that so since since i've been following this whole issue with the american problem and also with covid19 Mm. All you need to do is just look at the comments of people in the UK on some of these issues. Mm. People that when you go on their profile, they seem like your next door neighbor. These are not like skinheads or people that are like, you know, shouting, we don't want people to go back to your country. No, these are normal people. Mm. And when you read the comments, in fact, I, I try not to read comments anymore because I cannot believe what people are writing despite knowing all the facts in this case for example people still come up with all sorts of reasons like oh yeah he was a criminal before oh yeah he he was an armed robber and all this kind of stuff you know so for you to have a a clear picture of how people actually are because like i said most of the problems and most of these issues in the uk are not in your face just do a bit of research on the internet about this kind of stuff, like read through your social medias, and you will see how people, what people actually think. You know, even people that you think are, you know, some people say, oh, they're not educated. No, it, it's not, it cuts through different lines of class of people and different, say, rich people, poor people that have all this sort of mindset where they, for some reason, think that black people are either criminals or black people are uh, they more superior that white people are more superior than, than black people there's always something about it and you would only know about these things when you try to have these sort of conversations and mm. um, say in the workplace for example just just try and talk about politics with people or this sort of issue with people and you would hear things like this i mean i remember one of my previous jobs i was talking to somebody about the challenges black people face and this lady, you know, God bless her soul, I don't think she, it came from a wrong place, but you can see how they've been conditioned to think like this. So she said she said to me, well, um, black people's struggle is not just a struggle. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gothic and I get this problem from other people. People stone me and say, oh, I dress in a certain manner or oh, I, I dye my hair purple and things like that. And I'm thinking, great, but you could choose to then stop dyeing your purple and just wear it black or blonde or whatever. You could choose to stop dressing this certain way and just start dressing whatever way. I cannot change being black. I know some people say you can bleach your skin, but yeah, I'm not for that for that part. So I'm <laughs> just, I'm proud to be black. I love it. But these are the things that people would, would find something else to say, well, it's it's not racism. It's, 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 it's just people behaving funny. I was watching the TV this morning and funny enough, this, this black lady came on there and she sort of like said, well, 
you know, it's also some sort of bullying. And the, and the other lady who was a white lady said, yes, yes, I like the fact you said it wasn't race, it was more bullying. Everybody gets bullied. And I'm thinking, yeah, here we go again, you see. Nobody wants to understand the black man's struggle. And I say That's man, right. also woman struggle. Nobody wants to understand that why is it that you get on the bus and there's the bus is ramped everywhere, it's packed, and you sit down all by yourself and nobody wants to sit by your side. Mm. Nobody wants to understand why you spend 20 minutes at the, at the airport when everybody else shows their passport and walks through and they ask you all these thousand and one question. You know? Thanks. I, for example, I've been told I was traveling once from Germany to Austria. Then I had a Nigerian passport. And this guy, they, they, there was like a control, like passport control on the train because it was going over the borders. And they checked everybody in this cabin. Guess the only person to check his passport more than 10 minutes. Mm. Only me. And they, they, didn't, they didn't ask me to come outside of the cabin. And then I went onto like the, the open space on the train. And then guess who other people were there? Only black people. When <laughs> I then asked, is there a reason, officer, because my passport is, you can see everything is fine. I would never forget what he said. He said to me, it's because of people like you, we have drug problems in Australia. Hmm. That's deep. That's fucked up. That's really deep. That, it is deep, and it's not the first time I've heard it because I've had a friend who said similar stuff. As, it's it's ridiculous. Like, and now he 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 was at the airport as well. This is like he had a Nigerian passport, and similar incident where, out of everyone on the line, he's been approached and said, "Can we can we see your passport? Can you you know what's your name?" And he's stood 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 up for himself and he asked, he genuinely asked them. Okay, why? Why do you need to see my passport? Because there's everyone else in here. So eventually, he gave them the passport, and they started laughing. The, the guy actually said to him, "You see his colleagues over there. They they had a bet that he would be Nigerian, and that's why he's come over to check." I'm like, what? Like really? Some kind of sport. I, yeah. Like, <laughs> has it got to that extent where it's become a sport for you guys to make you know fun of stuff like that? Mm. You know, beat. Come on. You know, things like this happen on a regular basis. And when you you tell somebody else, they will be like, "Um, okay, so why why are you frustrated about that? And I said to them, if you go through the same thing like 10 times, 15 times, then it doesn't become a simple thing anymore. It becomes frustrating. Mm. So if you then compare that to a black boy that gets stopped by the police like once a month or every fortnight, then one normal stop, which is just asking simple question, might come up, might rub him up the wrong way, and his reaction might not be just the way people expect him to behave mm. because he's been going through this thing so many times. You know, when mm. I go through the airport now, I always take my passport so I can use the the automatic system so I don't have to be questioned by the poli- by the officers. And I'm not saying they shouldn't need their job, so don't get me wrong. I understand people to do bad stuff, so I understand there's some questions. But when it's you see that they, like 20 people before you go through without being asked any question, and it's just you that has to act, mm. that has to you know say something. You know, it becomes a it becomes a a thing where you're saying why is it what is it about me that makes you feel you want to ask me a question? You know, so it's yes. all these little little things that you mm. see all around all around that makes people feel like 
we've had enough. Yeah, and I'm not surprised at the, at the reaction we're seeing now because there's only a limit to what people can take. It doesn't matter how good of a person you are. We all have a limit to what we can accept. And that's probably why things are going the way they currently are. That's so true. I feel like I feel like in terms of what's going on in America right now, and I'm 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 more folk I'm more focusing on the protesting because I feel like there's been too much there's been too much energy on the the looters, if that makes sense. I feel like I, I feel like people confuse looting and the people are entwining looting and protesting as the same the same the same body of work of people are doing the same kind of thing and i was telling i was telling one of my one of again one of my i, I won't call him a friend anymore but one one of these german boys messaged me on um, on instagram and he was like oh but do you think the do you think looting is the way and i'm thinking the i'm like i don't really care about the people looting like the people that are protesting are protesting looters are, are gonna loot and you understand looters are gonna loot kind of thing and i think like uh, you know just going back to what you were talking about being stopped at the airport i feel like there's a I, f- I feel like in terms of how white people should obviously approach certain things you know like as ben just said when they when they're drunk or they or they become too friendly their true color seems to just kind of sip out little by little and you kind of get this whole that they, there's a banter but there's there's a funny type of banter that they have with you and stuff. What I would what I would tell white people or any person of that's not black and they struggle to they struggle to kind of understand the the struggles that the black person goes through on a day to day basis. I would just I would just encourage you a lot to just sometimes just ask the question and just listen to them because I feel like I feel like when when I get asked about, you know, how is it like being black, and I explain and I explain my, you know, the the issues and the frustrations and stuff, then automatically the white privilegedness comes out in in some form of defense mechanism that oh this happened long time ago it's clearly not me, Do you understand? Like have you guys experienced that they, they they always say it's not me that did this to you, and stuff like that. So I and I always and I always go back to like you might not you might not be consciously aware of your white privilege, but it's still there nonetheless. Jensen, it's, it still puts you at this, this lead Jensen, in front of us. Not that we should be in the lead as well. It's just so much that you have so much of an advantage over it and stuff. And I just feel like it's, it's a, it's a conversation that needs to be have with other races as well, you know, in terms of how we approach these conversations with, um, black people and it's not a case that we we want to be we it's not a case that we like to be bantering about this kind of conversation but i feel like it's a case that when you kind of ask us these questions regarding our race and regarding the struggles and i, f- I feel like it's important fundamentally to listen and you can never truly understand it but you could actually have a bit of empathy transcend to it and stuff but yeah but lads question where do we go as black people from here, Tolu. You mean where do we go? What 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 should what should what should what should be our next step in terms of you know regarding all this racial tension that's happening now in America mm-hmm. and 
and we're obviously on this kind of unite front just recently on the social media the blackout tuesday kind of thing what do you think we need to do more of as a black community i think our main problem is we don't unite together as one but like one almost like race we're so divided and yeah it could be down to years and years of oppression Mm. um i think even back in the slave days i think one way that they used to make sure the um slaves never um like revolted against their masters is they used to separate some in the house some in the field some elsewhere so you'd separate them and have them almost create a hierarchy Mm. so you would always be against it so there's even a hierarchy within us as black people but i think we need to demolish that hierarchy and we need to just come together as one because i think one thing that whoever created the system the people at the top i think one thing that they are afraid of is that for us to unite as we are uniting now so i'm hoping that from the back of this that we can be more united whether it's if you're in the UK, in Nigeria, in Ghana, in the USA, in China, that we're just united. Really. Mm. I don't know how that's going to be. I don't know how it's mm. going to happen, but I, I pray that that's... Because once we're united and we're all singing from the same hymn sheet, it will be so much harder to 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 move us, so much harder to be just killing people willy-nilly. Because you know if you kill someone like George Floyd again you're going to get this reaction mm. that makes sense yeah and I know I know this I know Ben really wants to have a bite at this um question in itself but just just before we get to to that Ben uh, what like just a question for Ben do you think do you think there's a do you think there's a difference in terms of blacks black European and American blacks in, in just terms of um thinking um so i think i think from what i know and that's just based on you know researches and watching youtube videos and mm. just following other people um in the u.s i think there's there's a fundamental difference um between africans and um africans americans so i strongly believe that the journey they went they, they went through, you know, going through slavery, you know, um, the system they had to live through even after the, the slaves were freed and everything, mm. up to today, I think they've not actually had a discourse and found a way to move past that. So a lot mm. of people would, would say African-Americans are this, they're not serious, they're not doing that, they're not doing this. But we as Africans did not have the same journey. So when I was growing up in Nigeria, I didn't feel like a second-class citizen. I didn't feel any pressure from anybody else. It was just about going to school, learning, trying to make my life, trying to know that when I put in the hard work, I'm going to come out successful mm-hmm. um, at some point. You know, And I think there's also a study that shows that Nigerians are the most educated or people with the highest amount of degrees in the United States. Yeah. So that shows you that people that grew up in all these different countries, that they didn't have the same issue. Yes, we had the whole issue of um, colonization and all this kind of stuff, 
but we did not go through the systematic um, abuse and, and slave trade and, you know, um, lynching and this kind of stuff. So I think that is where we, we're a bit different. And I can't blame these people that went through all this stuff, but I've not actually had time to discuss it, to digest it, and then to come out on the other side clean. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people say African Americans are, are are lazy. They this, they that, they this, but nobody actually talks about the 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 mental impact and the social impact of all the things they went through up mm. to today. And I think that has a significant impact on how people still react to, to today. And I think that might be the difference that I see. Mm. Um, if I may touch upon the question you asked, of that question, <laughs> what should black people do? I think it's there's no one size fit or there's no one answer to it. I think we need to do a lot of stuff. Um, but one of the main things that I like that Tolu said was unity. Unity on the African continent, unity between Africans and African Americans, unity between Africans and Caribbeans, unity between any sort of any place you find black people. First of all, we need to come up and be one voice. Right. Mm. So I think. I'm tired of wanting to change people's perception of the way I've, I behave or the way I do stuff and trying to get validation from other people. I want to challenge our own people to start making things to happen for themselves. So going back to Nigeria, going back to Africa and Ghana, South Africa, Zimbabwe, all these African nations, why don't we start something that brings us for the upliftment of black people? Because I think if those places were in a in a in a in a condition that allows us to thrive, that allows us to to develop, that allows us to be to be um, entrepreneurship and do stuff that that liberates our people, I think we will see less of this stuff. I think it would it would be a case of why are we even here if we're not needed? Because the way I feel currently is that we've just been tolerated, mm. you know. We've only been tolerated because the law says we have to be tolerated. The law, yeah. you know, if that wasn't the case, I wonder if we would be able to, to do all this. Things. So why, as much as I want us to, to try and come together as one and see how we can de- reduce racism in, in, in the West, which I think it's a bigger task, I would rather us find ways of improving or getting or making our place better so we have a place to fall back to and build our lives there. You know, if we're not wanted here, surely we can be wanted back home in Africa where we can try and just build our own stuff. And that would give us this power. I mean, if you consider back in this, my dad used to tell me a story when a Naira was, was one Naira was one dollar. You know, if, if our economic was economy was that strong, I doubt many of us would be in Europe. I doubt many of us would be in a place where you know that people, you walk over the street and people clutch their bags because you're walking past. People locking their door because you're walking past. Mm. You know, and and don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying there are no problems in Africa, but I feel like rather than focusing on trying to change this energy we gain, gain in Europe or in, Western, or in the Western world, we should maybe think about how can we make our place better for the benefit of our people. Mm. Um, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of um, program. I think in, in Ghana at the moment, Ghana is actually, I'm not too sure, but I believe they are issuing passports to African-Americans that want to relocate to, to, to Ghana. They make the process for them very easily. Mm. You know, 
And, and this, I think, is one of the initiatives that needs focusing on. How can we enable people to bring back businesses? We know we know already the, the, the black dollar or the black money, how strong it is. How can we invest that back into our nation and grow from there? And maybe when we when we when we build our own stuff and get to a level where we can start asking questions, maybe this old mentality of black people are inferior, black people are lazy, black people are this. Maybe that would change. Um, mm. Final um, final point. Sorry, on. final point I'd like to make is a lot of people talk about educating people. I also believe education is powerful, but I don't feel like it's left to me to start educating white people or anybody that's racist. So I shouldn't say white people, I should say some racist people rather. Um, it's not my duty to educate them because if they wanted to educate themselves over something that benefits them or that benefits the society, they would do that willingly. I don't mm. have to teach people how to treat me. I don't have to teach people that, you, you know, it's it's not just me, it's not my skin. I'm just like you. I've got my brain, I've got my eyes just like you. I don't think that's my duty. That should be that should be human nature to want to, to, to be kind to somebody else, you know. So yeah. education is powerful, but I don't think it's 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 for me to start teaching people how to how to behave. Exactly. Well, well um, just going going to CJ. What do you like as as a black individual yourself? What do you believe that we need to kind of uplift the blackness and the black community in itself? Um. See, my standard says my people die because of lack of knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. So first and foremost, let's start with the knowledge. We need to understand why we are in this position, right? Mm-hmm. The whole George Floyd situation, right? The reason we're impacted by it is just down to, I believe, it's, P- it's, it's a form of PTSD, right? Mm-hmm. When you see that, if you've ever watched video um, movies of slavery, right? Mm. When you see that action, it just brings you back to what potentially you could be going back to. Mm. <laughs> and that in, in itself triggers you to take action, right? Yeah. So that's why we're in this position. Because none of us has, you know, been slaves. When, you know, we've not gone through it, but we know our uh, forefathers, you know, people before us have, right? And we've seen the videos, we've seen evidence. Now, we need to understand how to heal ourselves from that PTSD, from that fear that we, you know, if we allow this to continue, we could go back to uh, being slaves. We need to heal ourselves from it. We need to then revisit the, uh, the system because I think what's happened is they've, the slave masters have gone, you're free, but you're not free, right? Mm. You're free, but we're going to hold you into a system that you're going to be so disadvantaged. It's similar to slavery, but it's not It's not literally uh, active slavery. It's passive slavery, basically. Yeah. Right? So we need to revisit that system, decompose it, break it apart, and rebuild it in a way where you know, and when I say rebuild it, we have to build it with them because I feel like they built a system without us. So you can't live in a system where you didn't have an input into, right? Mm. No project manager, no one who's manufacturing cannot manufacture or build something where they haven't added their own requirements into it as a stakeholder. We were not stakeholders. 
this is a system C- that was used. CJ, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump in there because I yeah. I strongly um, disagree because I don't ben, think. Ben, let, me, let me just finish it right, and then you can. We we were not involved in building this system, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like this system needs to be revisited, and and it needs to be readdressed. We need to rebuild it, right? Whether it's together with, you know, um, the so-called white folks and whatever. And I also agree with the unity side of things, right? But at this moment, the stage we're at, we have that survival. We're survivors, right? We have that survival mentality, right? Now, how can people who are survivors, if you've survived, like, okay, you're drowning, right? And you're grasping, grasping for air. Mm. And then you still have that, even though physically that's not happening, but that mental, that trauma is still there. Now, to actually have unity, you can't save everyone else. You need to free yourself from that and realize the society you're in, right? We need to build ourselves back up. We need to, I don't think we're fully, but we think we are. But there's so much to go. The education is also key. Because I don't think we educate ourselves on the history, you know, of slavery, the history of how we've navigated into the world that we live in right now. We don't do that enough. I'm sorry. With no school, when I was studying, when I I was in kindergarten till this point, they haven't done a specific course saying, you know, uh, we're going to teach about the history of black slavery in schools. They've not done that. It needs to be addressed. We need to start having those education, putting it across there, and then you start talking about unity and stuff. I'm sorry, someone who has a survival mentality wouldn't think unity. Right now, it's all more about, you know, we're chasing money and the rest of it. I know I'm making assumptions here, but from yeah. what I see, a lot of people, you know, it's more about this fiat money and whatever. It's not about that. It, at the end of the day, that's what we're chasing would help us build that system. We need to start from the ground up. It's like saying like, okay, we have all the resources. When you go to Africa, there's the resources, there's the, um, we have the domestic products, we have everything, but we don't have enough manufacturing um, capacity. We don't have enough manufacturing uh, manufacturers or um, the manufacturing industry in Africa is not as great as it should be. Yeah. So we have to export and then import, even though everything, the natural resources is, is ours. They're all ours. We still need to export and then ex- import. That's been happening for so many years. Huh. CJ, again, my question to you is, how do you get somebody that is benefiting from a system to dismantle that system to enable you to join that table to rebuild the system? And and just to, and just to add and just to add to that question for CJ, because yeah. like I I like I like again, I think optimism is a is a fantastic thing, but I'm I come my mindset is very pessimist regarding what you've said. Not that I don't agree with it, I just don't I just don't see the reality. Like I feel like that is that is more of a uh, it's 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 more it's, it's, it's more it's, it's more like and i feel like in terms like as ben said how do you like again you have to remember that the 
the white the white people have benefited from a system that's been so immaculate to them just it's been so immaculate and how do we get to that point that we're saying hey let's sit down together and let's reevaluate all this so we could both eat from this like how how do you like how do you see that panning out I would, I would let, tell you, I let, would let, let me, let me, let me, let me explain that, break that down even further, right? Okay, I know where you guys are going with there's a system, and when you revisit the system, right, uh-huh. things can happen. You can mm-hmm. either rebuild that system and fit other things into it, mm-hmm. or you can have two different systems and mm-hmm. have an interface between it, right? Mm-hmm. So, I understand what you guys are saying as well, where we need to break away break out of the system we're subjected into yeah because we have no control over it mm-hmm. it's been imposed on us yeah so we can never benefit even from uh, 200 years from now we will still not benefit from it facts right and that's why you have passive racism people who don't understand they're racist mm. because they don't even know they're living that life of a racist because they're they, it's, you're naturally born into a system that just gives you that privilege mm. without you knowing right it's just been built for you it's like look live life <laughs> okay yeah they don't know it until you look deeper like we, we mentioned this thing about policing right how many of them know that policing comes from that slave patrol not a lot not a lot of people know that so yeah, I agree with what you guys are saying, but at the same time, we at, I, I'm guessing we have two options here. Then <laughs> we, we have two options. We either break out of it or we find a way to amend what we already have. When I say amend it, in fact, not amend it, rebuild it, start create a new one, basically. If we want to work together, if we still think you cannot, you you white cannot and black a new system in a system. Like convincing, that's the first one in the system to have a status quo. Basically, that's not going to happen. And the second thing is, you cannot force somebody. Actually, you can force them, but you cannot convince somebody to break their system so they can incorporate you, your sovereign, and and make you live a better life. The only answer to that, which is what I was trying to lead to just before, is true revolution. Is true some sort of violence. Because nobody is going to listen to you to have chit chat to break a system that is running so well for so thousands of years. I don't think they're going to just be like, oh, yeah, now we've noticed that somebody killed the, uh, the police officer killed somebody. So because of that, let's change this. Um, somebody cannot get a job there because of systematic race, um, systemic racism is going on. So let's change it for you to be able to force people to change that habit. It has to be something significant. Now, yeah. I'm not saying the solution is violence, but I wonder if that would not be something that would make people wake up and know that there's something that needs to be done so that people will start changing their mindset. Mm. Because again, like I said, what is the benefit? If I'm benefiting, if I'm benefiting from something, you know, why would I want to sacrifice that to 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 include you into that? Why? What reasons? Could I possibly have to sacrifice my benefits, my privilege, so you can get power? Mm. Like, and and I, I would even, I would even go, I would even say that violence is needed in the sense that 
I'm just trying to think of when a country has fought for their independence, when it has it been an amicable agreement that the country actually like benefited because I feel like when you think about it, um, when something has been amicable, the country that's quote unquote got the independence are not truly independent, if that makes sense. So I feel like, so I, so I feel like in terms of like, for instance, I think there's countries that are still paying France in Africa for money. You understand? Like they're, they're paying France for their independence. You understand? And you think about how the, the colonizers left Nigeria. I would say that was amicable, but at the same time, it ben- it still benefited them to leave because we then became like tyrannically divided if we, if we go into that kind of like history in itself. So I feel like in case of blacks and and I'm not even saying violence against white people. I'm I'm actually just to cl- just to clarify, violence against racist and system systematic shit because I feel like. And I, I won't say that white people don't know. I feel like I, I feel like they do know, but I feel like in admitting they know is to admit that they're benefiting from that, if that makes sense. So I feel like it's kind of like in their head that they know that oh this shit is wrong. Johnson, that you know, why did they hire why did they hire me and not him? Johnson, what was the difference? If everything matches up the same, Johnson. And he has something just a bit better than me. But why do they still kind? Of, they kind of know, do you understand? So I wouldn't say they they're like in the clouds and they're kind of like oblivious to what goes on in the world. They do know what right is, you know, rights right, wrongs wrong. So I feel like in terms of the the sitting down on the table, I don't think it. I don't think in my lifetime, children's lifetime, children, children's lifetime, the white racist would say, actually, let's just stop being on racist because you're upset. Do you understand? And I feel like that and I feel like that's where because we have to under, we have to understand that that even even the people that even the people in power that be, they still have they still have to kind of match they still kind of have to benefit from they benefit they benefit from the system that they met there. Do you understand? So like when I think when I think about like for instance America, you know we've had we've had they've had a black president, but nothing's changed. Do you understand? They've had we've we've had marches from Gavi, Mark, um, Gavi, um, Martin and X. Do you understand? And nothing's kind of changed. Do you understand? And if we go further back, we've we've been forever protesting silently and nothing's changed. So my question is like, how long do you kind of approach it? In such a quote-unquote Christ, Christian Christian view, how, how long do you continue to do that, Jonathan? So I think that I think that's the challenge. It's it's a big challenge, and I even have more questions as well because you know how do you honestly like how how do you okay for us right? We have options. Mm. You, you have an option to continue staying where you are. Mm. I have an option, Ben has an option to continue staying where we are. And when I say where we are, country-wise, right? Mm-hmm. And we have option two, which is to go back to Nigeria, if need be. Now, what do you say for people who can't even trace their origin, right? And that's why mm-hmm. I brought up the cool point about trying to restructure a system. Like, what do you say to them? Because they feel like their forefathers and people before them actually toyed the ground and helped build 
that country called the United States of America. To the point now, they're embedded. In fact, that is their home. They don't know any other home. So what do you say to them, you know, like in terms of breaking out of a system? Because you still live in that warm bubble with mm. everyone else. You know, how do you go about managing that? Because us, it's okay that we can, you know, if we unite, for example, and all, say all African countries unite, right? Mm. And form a good system and we can all go back, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I echo what Ben said about, you know, finding a way if people want to return back. That's if you can retrace your origin, right? You can return back. To, <laughs> return, return back to, you know, whatever country you're allowed in. And if you can't, I guess you'll be on a what, visa or something. I don't know. But do you, do you get my point? Yeah, I, I, get, I get your point. This is their home. This is their country also. Mm. So... What do you say? You can't have two systems in a country, in one country. Fact. It has to be one. Mm-hmm. So. I, I feel, yeah, and, and, and you know, just, just to touch on that, I feel like, as, as Ben said, I feel like, like, as a, like, for instance, I think my, my me, me and, me and Chef Tolu's kind of background will be different to you and Ben's um, terms of background. I think you both obviously was, was grew up somewhere else, then came into like Europe and stuff, while we kind of, was born in Europe, and you understand? So I feel like in terms of, I feel like lazy people don't want to know where they're from, I, I, ideally, if that makes sense. So I feel like in terms of most, not that I'm saying Americans are lazy, you understand? But I feel like Africa, like Africa is, Africa is your home. Africa is even home to white people, you understand? Yeah. So I, I feel like in terms of what, what, in my opinion, what black people need to do is obviously we we obviously need to establish that we obviously need to stop believing that you know that the the system is their system is flawed. Do you understand? Because in America the system's not flawed. The system's working how it's meant to kind of work. Do you understand? Then I think that and I think that there's a confusion to believe that the system's flawed because you're not benefiting from it. The system's working how it's meant to work. So I feel like as black people we need to kind of kind of fight for it but like in terms of as as ben would like to say you have to be strategic yep. in how in how you do it as well you can't go i'm i was for gun blazing but after listening to his point of view on being st- strategic it makes sense because obviously you don't want to you don't want to start opening fire and get like 100 bullets back yeah, at yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> back, yeah. back at you stuff and, and like again this is just the attack on racist america not like any other oh, races, just so I feel like it's I feel like it's fundamental for black people to kind of build up their build up their heritage of where they're from, because I feel like it's going to come to a point of time that well, because what we what what's happening now is there's it's a miniature civil war. Johnson, you have a president that's adding petrol every now and then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And understand, and every time he adds petrol, we're gonna bite at it because we're we're in an emotional we're in an emotional state so we're, we're going to constantly bite so it's going to go back and forth back and forth back and forth you understand? and they're going to burn it to the ground you understand? but i feel like as black people we need to kind of understand that this is not you know america is not your only home you, understand? you can return back and benefit the country that you originally came from you understand? but how and i think the question is how do you how do you go back because the because 
like racism comes or discrimination comes from it comes from two sides because americans will go back to nine americans will go to nigeria and nigeria will call them onyibo do you understand just just that like because it's not that the onyibo means correct me if i'm wrong onyibo means white or british or english then it's it's more for like white people, but I guess yeah. they will still classify because it's 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 a general term for people that come from, from the white land, overseas. Yeah, it's yeah. Sort of, yeah. John San, so so you're so you're fighting you're, you're fighting kind of two. For, I suppose I suppose the, the the question is that collectively, I think black Americans and black globally obviously need to kind of be edu- We we actually need to learn to just self love one another to begin with educate one another and stuff like that but um, Tolu what what do you think about the whole shenanigans that's going on um first of all I'm I'm with CJ in terms of we need to sit down and rewrite how do you sit down (laughs) Listen, how listen, listen. I, I, I never thought about listening to that. We've been sitting down for like 80 years, mate. Not for the journey. How, we sit how in Kumbaya everywhere. Let me talk. Let me talk. Let me talk. Let me talk. You, you violent guys. Yo, so <laughs> I, I had a video. I, t- I still don't even know who this guy is. It was on um, Don't Jealous Me's page. And I posted it on my story. Mm. And the guy, he, he just spoke facts. He quoted parts of the Bible. Um, he linked um, the Hebrews in e- being slaves in Egypt to um, black people being slaves in America. It was pretty yeah, good. I've seen that post. I remember yeah. that post. And one thing that he did say is that when they wrote the American Constitution, um, at that time, black people were slaves. So he said, what what white people or the, the the American people need to almost understand or almost come to terms with is that when they wrote this constitution, they never wrote it with black people in mind. And therefore, I agree with CJ's point in terms of that needs to change because how? this constitution, I, I, I don't know how. But because I'm, that's why you need to you need to understand our point as well that oh no that is, I understand your point it's an I, utopian utopian state that would that would happen for we to say okay let's sit down and let's change the constitution <laughs> to 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 acknowledge our black citizens listen, 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 where there's a will there people, is a way people are not even I, listening to change the the stupid constitution that that gives them the right to bear arms and you want them to change the constitution. By just sitting and having a chit chat and drinking coffee and tea and coffee and biscuit, right? <laughs> when, when, you, when, you, when you make it sound like that, of course it's not gonna happen. But bro, where does the world do way? Like I don't think I don't think there's a way. And I, I you know what I've there is a way. There, I think there is a way. You know what? The unity you spoke about is a way. You know what? We unite is a way. You know what I've realized? You know what I've realized? Yeah. And and totally touched on it. And I think and you know what? Like I'm obviously I'm a man of faith. And I'm, a, and I'm I come from a Christian background. I believe this has this adverse effect on our thinking in in terms of where we we are we are very tolerant to 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 being oppressed. Too too too, to, too tolerant. Too tolerant. I I personally yeah. I believe I believe that 
I, and like I get the idea. Listen, if we could sit down and they could hear our point out, understand, and say, you know, hey, you've been hurting us for 401 years. Let's, you know, let's stop this. Let's stop this shit, understand? Because it's not fair, understand? You're you're breaking our heart. You know, you're killing our people on the streets, understand? Like when you think about, I know it's not as easy conversation as that, but but when I when I think when I think about it in my head, that's how. I don't know how you could even put your point across on the other side of the table for them to actually listen unless you've got like again unless you've got their bloodline in ransom you know what I'm right. so that's, that's me, the only way I see it for me like I, I I could never envisage it like that but you would need some kind of leverage where people are going to listen and the only thing that I can see that talks is money like if you take the black spending power out of america it would cripple them so in terms of doing it i like i said i don't know exactly how it can be done but if you take the the, the spending power that the black man has the mm. black family has i think there was a post i think i read it two days ago where they said i don't know what date in july they're going to do it but not one black person should spend on any like any other any um organization that's not black owned and it so, worked out to be that just that one day would be like 10 billion dollars mm. out of the economy and it, it works out as a as a percentage of what america would have made on that day and that alone if if black people can unite like that to affect because in theory the, the one thing that the people at the top want is money because money keeps them at the top. If we can affect that, you know, there's no need for bloodshed, no need for violence, no need to. We're talking you know. about, but again, like, like again, I think this is this is just to counteract that argument. Mm-hmm. I think there's like it's like 40 million people that are not working or just saying that they they're jobless mm-hmm. or something like that. So they technically have. Like I, I get the idea of affecting them their money, but like it's that's like that's another for me another four hundred years. It doesn't have to be four hundred years, but I, it would it would be it'll be a long time. Yeah, maybe maybe thinking ninety nine years, maybe not four hundred, but ninety nine. You know you know why you know why, and I feel and I feel like we've touched on it before. You know why? Because I feel like. What we what I think before we even grasp to that aspect, I think there's obviously you know as we all we could all agree the stages that we need to actually overcome to kind of get to that level of every black person puts their money in their pocket and walks the other way because I feel like Jensen what offends what offends one black person doesn't always offend the other um black person Jensen this other black person was like hey I wanted McDonald's Jensen. Like I was hungry, just like I need to eat. What do you want me to do? Not eat. So I feel like until we get, to, I feel like it comes out to unity. Yeah, that's and the unity I was talking about. Definitely, we definitely have to have that unity because, and I feel like at the same time, we just like just seeing what's what transpired in America recently. I got to that point I was just kind of fed up. I was like because I think one thing we always have to one thing that got me in my sunken place quite a lot is that. I'm always thinking of why are we the culture or the race of people that are bottom barrel to every other race? Do you understand? Why does the Arabs enslave us? Why does the Chinese 
understand? Abusers. Do you understand? And, and, and it's not even like, why does the whites oppress us? Do you understand? But then you think about them. Then you think about why does the blacks self, um, self-hate each other? Do you understand? Because, you know, there was a time that if you're black, you're blick, you're too black, you're blick. Do you understand? Like, do you understand? We, we've kind of got to a point that at all angles, blacks are the bottom barrel of of that kind of imprisonment. Do you understand? We're, we're just bottom barrel. So I feel like in terms of ownership, it's a, it's a struggle. And, I, and that's why it comes down to, I don't think the, the fantasy that you and CJ has could ever ever transpire so i don't i don't think i don't think it's a good point i think i think what cg are saying especially from the financial point of view i think that's a good that's a good one right but i don't think that's enough especially in an american setting so in the uk for example i would like this approach that tolu and cg are um pushing because it because in in the uk i would argue that we still have those channels to have kind of civil conversations Mm. in america they know these things, you know. ML, uh, um, Martin Luther King was talking about those things for time. Somebody made a point today that everybody now they re- they're referencing MLK at the moment, right? Mm. But people said at that time when he lived, he was one of the most hated men in America. In fact, he was killed for it. Mm. Right. So I'm not saying we shouldn't have these channels to have these civil conversations. I'm just saying we need to be prepared as well to take more actions by force. if required by force and i'm by not force. saying i'm not i'm not trying to say we should start you know start a, a, a war and racial war and things like that. no i'm just saying i'm just saying there has to be something that makes people start thinking about how can we move forward as a people because talking and marching and protesting it's and all done. these sorts is not making any improvements so what next should be the question and i ask you and I'll, I'll make this point again. If you look at the um, the Middle East, or if you look at Afghanistan, a lot of people will scream at these people and say they're terrorists, they this, they that. And don't get me wrong, some of their acts are, terror- are terroristic acts. But some of them see themselves as liberation, liberation fighters. They see themselves as people that are standing against an aggressor. Right? They mm. see themselves as people that are saying, we don't want you to come tell us what democracy should be like in our country. Mm. And that's and look at it. Look at the irony of a country like America that preaches democracy and tells people all this nonsense. Look at their own backyard. So before yeah. we start talking about, you know, let's be peaceful, which is what everybody wants. We want to be peaceful. But if you know, as a police officer, if I if I murder somebody, somebody might come for me. Maybe you can think I, about I, it twice. Can I? Can I? Can I? I I see where you guys are going, right? But I still stand with finding uh, an alternative solution other than violence, right? I know we sh- I understand being prepared or anything, but if it gets down to that, I'm sorry. We're not going to get anywhere. I, I'm telling you now, we don't have that capacity. We don't have the tools, right, to go head to head with these people. We don't. So I, let's be. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. We should. We should break that down. I'm not saying we should start a racial war. I said that before. I'm not saying you should start a war against the American military or America or, or Bridget. You, you're not, not going to win so that. What are we being prepared for? Like when you say preparedness. 
of being able to defend oneself, of defending your property, of defending your family, of making sure that when you go when you go to a place, you will you would be prepared should anybody any racist person wants to physically arm you. That's the kind of preparedness I'm talking about. Well, they, and they everybody all have has... it already in America. It, they all have guns. You know, the gun law favors everyone. They all can shoot each other if they want to. That's fine. Clearly, they have it. clearly they've, not been, they've not been utilizing that but, law properly. But there's something to, to touched upon, right? The power of leverage. Yeah? The power that, leverage, of leverage. that leverage could only come violently. <sighs> the power of leverage. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> When you and you know what he said about using finance, what's the most powerful thing people or what do people consider the most powerful entity? It's money right now, right? Obviously, as Christians, as I, said, I believe in other things, right? Uh, we utilize don't, 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 put, don't put Christianity in this place. No, 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 no. That is, no, one, of, that is one, of, one of the ben, problems we ben, have. That's what God was saying. Wow, 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 wow. This is what God was saying in the first place. Actually, wow. ben, what I was about to say is I'm going to put that aside, right? I'm going to separate thank it you, from thank this you. conversation. Thank you. So now, so. So going back to my point, yeah, you see this thing leverage and money, right? If we can, if you need a template, go and look at the Jews. When they when they go into a place, right, they're almost like bees. They swamp the whole place. They take over, right? They buy every little thing in that patch until it becomes their own hood, their own little circle, right? And then the money rotates around that circle. It never leaves. It will take mm-hmm. years before that one one pounds or one dollar leaves mm-hmm. that circle. That's how they, they are successful. It stays within their circle. They will not go to another shop. And I think you're getting, you're getting my point wrong. Right? I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I think it's a great idea. But I think what you're saying is great, CJ. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying there has to be how? an alternative. There has to be an alternative to when all this... Look, you mentioned the Jews. Great. They're a good example. Now, how many Jews are there in the world today? I don't think they're more than 50 million. Or maybe they might be. Tops 100 million, right? That's not even like, that's like maybe like, I don't know, maybe half of Nigeria, right? But they are so powerful because Banks. they just don't have money. They just don't have money. They also have weapons. You cannot mess with the Jewish people. They will fuck you up. Sorry for my language. So <laughs> if you're talking about all this, oh, let's let's um, get money, money. That's great, but there has to be an alternative solution. There has to be something else that we can say, okay, if he's going this way, and I'm look at, do you do you know what it takes for for peace? Again, going back to history and looking at all the all the revolutions before it's things violence. There's none of them. Look at the Irish Irish situation, Northern Ireland situation. It wasn't just because they're having chit chat between the Protestants and Catholics. There's always an element. And I'm not, and again, just to make this clear, I am not pushing for violence. I'm absolutely against it. However, I think it's something that needs to be thought about and how we can protect ourselves if need be. Because, again, we're the only ones singing Kumbaya. We're the only ones that say, oh, we have to talk to these people. We have to make peace. We have to use finance. We have to use this. Right? Bro, they love, and they love to talk to us too. <laughs> you know, we don't want to know how this chip okay, chat. Okay. There's it's, a it's, question that's been coming up, right? So how do you prepare for, you know, let's say, um, I won't call it violence. Can we use another word? 
It's gonna be violence, bro. We gotta call okay. it what it is. <laughs> All right. How do you prepare for violence, right? Because and we're looking. Can we just zoom into America, right? Because mm-hmm. that's how yes. I'm looking at it. How do Black Americans prepare for violence? Okay. I I don't I don't think I don't think it's a case of for for me personally anyway. I don't think it's a case that you can prepare for it. I think it's a case that. I feel like the question should be, what what will you do for f- complete freedom? Do you understand? And I feel like if if it's if because like what it is is everyone's everyone's trying to think of we're, we're trying to preserve life. Do you understand? So I feel like in in a case to, if I'm putting the lenses on America, I feel like their their situation, the people that are protesting now and whatnot, I feel like they've got to that point now personally that they're willing to do anything and that's like and I, when i mean anything i feel like that's including willing to die for freedom do you understand? because i feel like it's a case that we can't say how do you prepare how do you prepare for violence in a country that do you understand, that oppresses you where would you get these kind of tools from do you understand? but i feel like in terms of how i don't the question i don't the question i don't know whether you could actually prepare for it in a system that's oppressing you so so therefore that this one then this is what we're saying that you're you're wearing a forever twangle because we can't we can't do this and americans can't do this do this so they, they're set with one one way of one way of thinking and that's again to kumbaya and talk about it and they've that and they've been doing that since since they since they were quote unquote free do you understand just like when they was initially free do you understand it's not an accident that they was they was freed. It's a, it was a strategic. This is what I'm saying that the the planning that it took to oppress black people is the greatest. Just and I'm and I'm not like saying it's a, a good thing. I'm just saying it's one of their best things that they've done because when they freed, um, someone could fact check me on my history and write to me. But I think when they freed the the slaves, they had they owned nothing. You understand? So therefore, what happens is the free slaves went to go re-slave themselves back to the slave master. Do you understand? So I feel like that's the. Do you understand? Like they can't prepare for it in the terms of arms, like in terms of like go war to war with. Um, but I feel like in America's kind of issue is that I feel like they got to that point now that they're actually just willing to, hey, you either let us go or we're just willing to just die, just burn the whole place and die. Do you understand? And I think that's that's kind of it with them, if that makes sense. Okay, see, th- th- this is exactly the point, right? You've just said it all, right? Now, I'm not prepared for them to die if there's another solution. But if they are... Is it, right? No, mm-hmm. but if there are other solutions, right? Mm-hmm. Why die if you know in the next maybe 20 years, if you... I'm, I'm not talking about talking because the, the, the act of... Um, Sort of like um, keeping the money in a in a circle, keeping that money in a circle, uniting, um, mm-hmm. being strategic about finance. You know, basically keeping the money within the black community, right? I agree. Right? If, if that is not talking, that is actually action. Mm. But that's action that can be seen. The enemy you can't see is the most deadly deadliest enemy, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the most deadliest one. If I carry a gun, people can see that they can defend themselves. Mm. They can run. They can call the police. They can do it. But when you do stuff, people cannot see. Mate, in 20 years' time, we'll, we'll, this conversation will be different. Mm. 
So we Man, need to have that CJ, mentality. CJ. Look, honestly, yeah, we need to see that vision and have that mentality. It's not always we already we already seen as the aggressor anyway. We're survivors, you know. So all we know is being, I mean, in, as a form of sport, they used to allow us to fight each other. Basically, that's where boxing came from. Mm. Right? We used to box each other for fun for the white man. So we are already the aggressors. Why use the same strategy they've already studied and they know? You don't want to use because, that. Because, again, sometimes these things are necessary <laughs> to move forward. It's not the only solution. In fact, I would, adding to the point of making, um, using the financial and economic thing to, to fight back, I like that, like, I really think that's a good idea. I would even go further and say, black people in the U.S. need to start finding ways of putting themselves in strategic place of power if they could. So in politics, in the um, in finance, in those kind of places where they can actually start opening their society as well. I think that would, that would be another thing that we'll be pushing for. But in the case of where police officers or a, a thug that calls himself a vigilante goes around and shoots people, right? Even if there's no response, but there is a fear that there might be a response, then these people, these people will think twice. Mm. I'm not saying pick up arms and fight the government or, or kill people randomly. No, that's stupid. That's terrorism. But I'm saying people that commit violence against other people and commit those violence acts because they know they might get away from it. Maybe they need to start getting scared that somebody else might get back at them. You know, mm. that's the kind of things I'm talking about when I'm talking about they need to prepare to 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 fight back, not fight against the state or because at, at the end of the day, not all white people are racist. I agree. Not everybody in government and is I, racist. I echo that. Yep. Right. Actually, as but, a matter of fact, a lot of white people fought for us. You know. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. When I say fought, right, they marched with us. Thank you. They well, yeah. well, well, see, see, see right. the marching thing, yeah. See the marching thing. This is why I don't know. I, I think we wanted another, another party for this, but the marching thing is great. But the same way, and I'm going to use an example of Africa and the economic debts that we have. The same way the West knows what they need to do to re- to relieve African nations of some of the problems they're facing and choose not to rather prefer to send you aids and all this money and give you 10 there million we there we go it's the same way where people are marching because it's, it's, you know it's great let's march but you're gonna see your neighbor next tomorrow do something stupid and you're not gonna speak up you're gonna be in the office where you can see clearly what's happening you're gonna speak up you know so marching is all good and fine i know i'm not i'm not people that did that I, I commend them it's great but we have to go past all this surface level um support that doesn't change anything mm. like just just to echo just to echo ben like i fully agree with that i feel like how you know like i get to, you know as, as i said marching's all well and good but i feel like we, we've been stuck on phase one for for forever just saying when is the when is phase two going to happen when are you going to be because i feel like anyone could march with anyone i'm not like te- checking people's integrity in the marching but i feel like we need to move to s- stage two do you understand we, they need to be as outrageous as us 
in their everyday life, Jensan, in terms of just to just to bridge the gap of equality in that. And I don't see enough of that, if that makes sense. I I see like yeah, we could we could we could march and stuff like that. But I feel like we've been doing uh, we've been doing that for like eighty hundred years. Jensan, I feel like stage two needs to happen because if we're gonna be using that as as they get out of jail, we're gonna be saying this for the next. 200 years that they're marching with us and Johnson and things like that. So I feel like we need phase two of the marching. Johnson, pick up your axe and come and fight <laughs> with us. <laughs> you, I, I think, that, I think that's beginning to happen now. I actually do begin. I, I think that's beginning to start because yep. I think after this um, George Floyd uh, movement, I've never seen so many people post and from from Asians to whites to Chinese, like literally all. Different so, do, why, why so, do you, so, why so do you you're about to get yourself into trouble right now? Why do you think that is? Everybody, it doesn't matter how evil you are, right? Uh-huh. Everybody watched a video of a man being strangled to death. Of course, that would cause some reaction. Yeah. But is this the only thing we're talking about? No, this is just the the the, the thing that people see. You know, this has been going on for years. People would, people, if that video had not been there, this you would never have seen all this reaction. In fact, even with the video, people are still saying, "But he was a criminal. But he went to yeah. jail. But he did okay. this. But he did that." Well, okay. What, so, what, what, my point is so that, it, like, you can't cast everyone the same. Like, no, 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 no. Some, some Again, people. Go on. I, I'm just. I just wanted to say we understand and we and I appreciate every white person that stood up and went on the march or that stood up and said something. I think that's great. What I'm saying is we need more than that. The same way everybody are saying, people are saying that there is no good cop until every good cop sifts out all bad cops. Then yeah, they are good cops. It's the same way every white person that wants to fight the cause for black people needs to fight the cause diligently until we can at least think, subdue the amount of racism we're saying. I think we're, we're definitely it's saying the same thing. But my point would be that Rome wasn't built in a day. I, I, you can see there is... Like, gee, this room has been going on for 400 years. Ago. Lord almighty. Ben, Ben, Ben. I'm with Ben. Listen, listen, Ben, Ben was actually going to say it now. Can I just ask a question? Yes. Can you see that there is, whether it be the most minute, but you can see that there's a progression from the last time um, a black person was killed in America to this time. What progression? Did you know you were, were quoting with Will Smith? Nothing is increased or reduced. We are now seeing it more because they're more tele- they're more phones. That's all it is. No, it's not. It, look, what do you mean? No, it's not. Because <laughs> you'd have you'd have you'd have people that now understand more of what black people are going through. Whereas before, maybe in previous so, ones, like, oh, it's so just all, all this time they've been, they've been screaming. They've just been screaming for fun, for fun because nobody actually believes these things are actually happening. Yeah, some people would. Some people would just be like, oh, you know what? It's just another black person being killed. But then that same person this time might have seen like, rah, this is actually... Okay. You could, and, and what I'm saying is that even if it's one or two or three people that have now been like whoa I'm, I'm i can see what's happening now you're slowly slowly getting towards more and more people being like right okay 
I'm going to be an advocate for for black lives right. or whatever. So, you know that, what I mean? Based on this, based on this logic, we need to be killing one black person like every week so more people no, start I'm not, I'm see what's, not, what's going on. You know. So, why so you, why you be like, like, like Ben X? I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> that, bro. Listen, listen. Here. The the president of the police union in in that state, Minneapolis or whatever the state is called, he came. He wrote an open letter to the, to Trump saying, "I'm in defense of the police officers. We're going to try and fight their case. We don't think they've done anything wrong." So if you're saying because you know people are not protesting. There will be people that wouldn't see who don't they couldn't give care less. Right. So for me, I think the case has not gotten worse. We're just seeing more. And if it's now taking somebody to get killed live on camera for you to believe the plight of black people that they've been screaming about for many, many years, you know, even think about again, honestly, this dead thing is pinning me, but it's not even pinning me as much. As the microaggression you get from people when you go to work and you can't be yourself, when you talk to people and they say you've been loud, when you do something, say you're aggressive, when you do that, those ones even I've said I think I've said this once here. Every time I'm walking on the street and I see, especially say a woman, I deliberately will cross the street before they cross before me. Because every time they cross because they see me, it makes me feel so bad. Like, what is it about me that makes you think I've got nothing else to do in my life than to attack you and steal your bag or punch you? What what is it that's making you think? And if you ask these people, some of them will be, oh, because I ate, it happened to X, I ate, it happened to B. But it never happened to you, right? It's the same way. And this is why I feel passionate about this, because this suffering is going for so long. There was a case about this white guy in Germany. He's a journalist, by the way. He painted himself black and traveled across Germany to see how blacks are actually being treated. I'm telling you, it was unbelievable. He done this many, many years ago. But if you watch it, you would not believe it. This guy went to rent a property. He got to the property. Obviously, because he's white, he speaks perfect German, accent-free German. Mm. The lady called him in and everything. As soon as the lady saw him, she was like, uh-oh. She told him their property is gone. And then when they asked the lady question, I'm like, oh, why did you do that? She said, oh, my God, it's even darker than Seal. You know, Seal, the, the singer. The singer. <laughs> That's what she said, that, oh, my God, it's even darker than Seal. And this goes on and on and on and on. People will tell you I had a bad experience with this black person. And I used to say to them, so if you had a bad experience with Peter, who is a white man, would you then say all white men are the same? You know, so these things that are happening now are not just happening now. All these things we've seen people screaming now is because of it's getting to a place where we're just tired. We just want to live like every other person. We just want to be judged according to our character and not according to our skin. Mm-hmm. So all this kumbaya, kumbaya stuff, I think is great. I love it because, again... I'm not really a violent person. I'm just saying maybe if things continue at this rate, because again, if you look at empiricism, which is learning from from the past, from what you know from the past, what we know from the past to this point has not been great. Mm. So how do we want to change it? Mm. What are we going to do to make things better in the next 20 years, in the next 40 years? You see, you see, 
what you said is perfect. I Thanks. actually understand. I sort of understand why, you know, Ben is a bit more passionate because I have to create an exception for, see, Germany, Russia, those Austria, those countries there, right? <laughs> they need deliverance. No, seriously. No, no, no. <laughs> CJ, CJ, I need to stop you there. That's, that's no, absolutely nonsense. No, 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 seriously, right? No, no, honestly, right? Those countries, right? When you, when you talk about racism, right? It's an it's there's levels right to this thing, right? Nah, it's all under nah. one umbrella. Historically, nah. but, but you see you see the, the stuff you get in. I've been to Germany, right? Oh, oh my God. Anyway, I'm not gonna go into that. But but my my point is right. Ben, the whole there's the point you're making about being prepared and being able to defend yourself. Now, I, I'm going back to this point I made about a system that was built. Even if when you defend yourself, that system cannot treat you equally. You cannot, there's no justice in that system, right? So how then can you defend yourself knowing that, in fact, you defending yourself is like you killing someone, committing murder. That's how they look at it. Then you, you, don't, then you, do, then you need to exclude yourself from their system. <laughs> so again the problem here is you have people who have built a country and they want a share a portion of what they've built right this is america you know america is not the white man's land it's not the black man's land it's the native indians that it was stolen from them right and what happened so, to them they were finally removed <laughs> exactly so this let's just say looking at the black community we want a portion of what we help build and that's what we're fighting for we want half mate, of it we don't we don't want a portion we just want equality mate we just want to be treated like every other person I, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like I, I, saw, I saw i saw a quote um recently and it was just it was just um saying that how lucky american how lucky america that all black people want is equality they don't actually want revenge just and i feel like that's I, I like i get what you and tolu are saying in terms of we need to be strategic to like ben wants to be strategic as well but i think you guys want to be you guys want to be samaritans strategic proper <laughs> proper saints strategic just uh like to turn the other cheek kind of strategic just uh, so i feel like i get both sides of it but for me like and and for me and i probably probably most black people across the pond as well that they're tired of being tired do you understand i feel like that that quote or that hashtag is powerful because they actually because it's a repetitive dance that they keep doing do you understand and what's telling is that this obviously this whole thing will kind of simmer down a little bit but i think what's what would improve, as Tully would say, because there has been a little bit, from what I can see, hopefully it's a real thing, there has been a little bit of an improvement in terms of white people actually thinking more that, oh, black people was really upset about such a thing, because it's not the first killing they've seen, but I think it's the first time they've seen a unified front. So I feel like, all in all, I think blacks, we need to get our, sh- our shit together first. Do you understand? And maybe, I'm not for kumbaya, but some people say it will work. And obviously me and Ben are on the fence with that because we believe that other ways can be equally as effective. Do you understand? But I'm going to give, I'm going to give, 
you guys an opportunity to to tell us what you believe um kind of last words for black people across the pond um we'll start off with tolu What, what, what do you mean? What, what, what do you, what would you, a message to up, um, to motivate black people to kind of uplift them, really? Yeah. Like I said before, just try and, because I think you mentioned one thing that I've been, like, I've been thinking about as well, is like, we get oppression from the white man, the white woman, the Asian man. And then we also get oppression from ourselves as well. Like, I know a black guy, maybe an African-American, might look at a Nigerian and be like, oh, like, I'm so glad I'm not African. You know what I mean? Mm. I think it's time for us to, to really stick together, if you know mm. what I mean. Um, so I think my, my quote or my end point will be, let's try and start sticking together more. Let's try and unite more. Mm. Ben, we'll come to you. Well, um, I think we've mentioned a lot of things that we we think would would bring us as a people forward. I think the the unity thing is is very, very important because once we form a, 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 a force, we would we would be a force to reckon with. So I do believe that we need to unite. We need to see ourselves as just one. At the end of the day, a racist person doesn't care if you're African-American, if you're from Gambia, from Papua New Guinea. He just sees someone that's non-white. So yeah. I think the unity thing is, is great. But I also think we need to start looking at how can we as a people develop our nations. So yeah. with the issue of not knowing where you, <clears throat> where you came from, maybe from African-Americans, I don't think that's a problem because um, a lot of people migrate to other other countries that is not their own country. So finding a place to migrate to, if it comes to that point, I don't think that should be a problem. We just need to start looking out for ourselves more and mm-hmm. build our nations so we have a, a bargaining power, a bargaining you know chance with, with all this nonsense because. It's it's just too many things that's affecting the black race, from from colonization to neocolonialism to to racism to prejudice. It's too many stuff, and I think we only us can solve our problems. And um, but those just a, a few final words. I do appreciate every every um, non-black person that understands, that's willing to listen, and that's willing to do something to help change for a better future. I praise them and I, and I commend all their efforts what we need to do more yeah and CJ well um, I think you guys have said a lot and I'm gonna echo that uh, the unity is key love each other more we really need to love each other more we need to stop killing each other there's no point doing that stop killing each other we need to defend each other one thing that saddened me and i'm not gonna lie it hurt me the most is when that knee was on his neck and people just kept recording please defend each other run in there i don't care look you say you're ready to die but you're recording run in there and defend don't let someone else die mm. right and watch them die your own brother mm. so for me 
defend each other more more often support each other that's what the black people need to do they need to drop their anger as well please stop looking at each other as um uh, ourselves as inferior we need to start adopting that superior mentality drop the survival mentality pick up that uh, ownership mentality and be strategic about things don't be impulsive be very strategic these things is all part of building ourselves like if you do it the next generation picks up on it and then the next generation and eventually we're gonna like look him the next 30 40 50 years right mm. we'll be better for it but we need to take that little steps Mm. the little steps are very important really really important so i would say you know that's that's what all i have to say you know and the, the, i think the, the one i will buttress so much is just defend each other man i i, I don't care like mm. you can't see people getting killed and you just put, put your phone up i'm sorry i'm willing to go to jail for that yeah. i'm gonna defend them and go to jail i don't care mm. and, I, and I, that's I, the mentality we need to adopt mm, i fully agree with everyone Yes. Just, just before you round up, I think maybe CJ just found a better word than violence, and I think that word "defend" mm. is probably a more appropriate word to use. Yeah. To defend yourself. That's good. So listeners, so listeners, if you hear violence, we're really meaning defend. And just, just to clarify some, um, I think Ben has clarified as well that we, it's not a case that I have no animosity against anyone white we're of a different race just and i think our, our frustration is more on the racist and i think if we um, we could differentiate that not all whites are racist not all asians are racist not all Indians and not all arabs are racist so they our fight is more on the racist and just to just to remix a quote from benjamin franklin it's just that um justice or change will not be served until those that are unaffected are, at, are as outraged as those who are and i think that's really key to all races that we all need to kind of pull together and fight we all need to be fighting for equality on all front and i think yeah that's it i'm your host elliot limide and uh, i just want to thank cj ben and tolu coming on um we no appreciate it um just a quick question chef tolu do you have anything plans this weekend so we're gonna take a bit of a break um but we're gonna come back mid-july with some some projects we've been working on so stay tuned nice 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 we'll chef. Keep you... tolu, follow me chef tolu um follow him um i'll keep you guys posted on that front but yeah thanks again guys thank you very much thank yeah. you thank you